Welcome to Tech Bytes, the world's fastest IT podcast. Today's topic is SD-WAN, and we're discussing a real-world Silver Peak Edge Connect deployment with our guest, James McCall. James is a network engineer at UCT, and UCT is a leader in sub-10 nanometer validated ultra-high purity services for the semiconductor wafer fabrication industry. James, welcome to the podcast. That's a mouthful. We've got a techie audience that's curious about semiconductor manufacturing. So can you spend just a few seconds on what UCT does? Yeah, for sure. Um, So there's kind of two components to UCT and how they operate. You know, they do a lot of different manufacturing for the semiconductor industry, um, you know, displays and components and things like that. And then there is the uh, ultra cleaning side of UCT, Hmm. which is, uh, you know, cleaning, repairing coatings, and also uh, testing for particles, you know, on the machines that make semiconductors. So... So your company is about nanometer nanometer scale cleanliness. So yes, correct. Just dust um, cleaning compounds. So if I get a, a wafer arriving in my fab, I don't just have it, you know, wipe it down with a cloth clean. This has to be nano, like down at the nanometer scale clean. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it, it it's it's definitely um, very microscopic. There's there's a lot of process involved and a lot of chemistry and a lot of uh, you know, different, I guess we can call them recipes that we use mm-hmm. in order to get something back to brand new shape so that we can ship it back to the manufacturer that can continue using the same part and components to manufacture wafer. Yeah, that's the microscopic level. Let's pull it back to the macroscopic for the rest of the conversation. Uh, so I guess you've got 21 of these uh, cleaning and recoding sites in eight countries, right? Yeah, for sure. There's 21 sites that um, are cleaning, coding, and then also testing. Um, and that's just, again, that's just the... Uh, the cleaning side of the company, there's, a, I believe, an additional 13 sites that are the manufacturing side. Okay. So that means WAN is essential here. So what kind of role is the WAN playing in the company's business? Yeah, for us, it's, uh, it, it connects all our sites to a uh, kind of a centralized application that we use and, you know, a custom-made in-house application that uh, is kind of part of the process of cleaning for all the equipment. For, I mean, obviously, for the WAN, since it's a centralized location, the applications run out of our data center. You know, all our sites have to make connection to that data center all the time because we're a 24-hour company. So that's the traditional manufacturing problem, which is, in you know, in 2020, most manufacturing companies run 24 hours a day. And the concept of downtime happens once every five years when you switch the plant off to replace it with something else sort of thing. Right. Yep. So what drove you to investigate SD-WAN then, if, you, if the WAN is so critical to the organization? Since 2000, we've been operating on... Uh, MPLS connection, just a single MPLS connection, and in a lot of our overseas sites, that was a um, you know an eight meg connection, mm-hmm. um, pretty pr- pretty slow. And what kind of drove us to it is, I, I want to say it was 2013 or 14, maybe a little bit later. There was a significant undersea cable cut um, that that happened, and it cut off uh, an entire country, um, mm. and we lost one of our sites for two days, and any sort of downtime can cost us uh, thousands of dollars in, in revenue. So, mm. you know, we, we need to make sure that uh, that didn't happen. That's kind of what kind of kicked off. Of what can so it was we do really the order- reliability aspect. You wanted to get away from the one MPLS and get into a redundancy, but I'm guessing that the country that you were in only had limited choices for dedicated WAN services. Um, yes. I, I mean, it, all, all the countries seem to have, you know, at least two providers. So that, that was a good thing. You know, being here in the U S we've got lots of, uh, lots of options in different locations. 
Mm. Uh, but Taiwan was the one that got hit. Oh, okay. Right. And I would guess that if you've got a single MPLS link, then everything's backhauling to a central data center? It was, yeah. So even for our uh, internet, so even for our internet, all our overseas countries were coming back to the U.S. for for their internet. Oh, it's wow. just, okay. you know, we were, we were growing a lot. We were either acquiring companies or opening up new shops. Uh, so we were just expanding at such a rate that our, our WAN cannot take that kind of expansion anymore. So that's one of the parts of SD-WAN we don't normally talk about is that moving from uh, moving away from routers, which are hard to replace, relatively hard to replace, to SD-WAN appliances, it's a lot easier to just change things around, isn't it, compared to the old ways? Oh, it was, for sure. Yeah, it was a lot easier <laughs> to, to, to do something like that. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, replacing a router was a big deal. You know, so yeah. there was no guarantee that router would be compatible with the E1 circuits and the routing and, you know, everything was codependent and integrated. But SD-WAN kind of just a whole lot simpler to make changes, like change the device. What about changing the devices from smaller to bigger as your factories grow? Is that easy to you know, if we're talking about an SD-WAN device, then yeah, for sure, it's it's a lot easier to scale that up a little bit. And yeah. most of the time, you'd have to really increase size of your company in order to require scaling up that particular device. Yeah, no, the, the way I was thinking about it is that, you know, you have the cloud software, which is doing the controller, but it's mm -hmm. also doing the zero-touch provisioning. And there's two sides to zero-touch provisioning. That is, you just go out on site, plug the box in, connects to the internet, dials home, and starts configuring itself according to the setup that you've done in advance, mm -hmm. right? But mm -hmm. the other side is if you actually need to replace it, uh, whether it's failed or whether you want to scale it up with a bigger unit because you're moving from, you know, 100 meg to gig to 10 gig, whatever it might be, you can just, again, just go out there, zero-touch deployment still does that again. You can replace them really simply. Oh, yeah, for sure. That, that made it a lot easier. We've, we've, we've done it a few times where, you know, we actually thought there was something wrong with the device. And so we just swapped it out and we're still experiencing the same issue. So we, I mean, it was a matter of two minutes to swap the device out and reconfigure it, um, you know, because again, the zero touch was helped out so much and you know, wound up not being, you know, the appliance, but, you know, at least it was easy to find that out. Uh -huh. So if you went from eight meg dedicated circuits like a dedicated MPLS or, or uh, circuit, you know, a, a circuit emulation type stuff or whatever mm -hmm. it was to internet has, what have you gone from eight to what hundreds? Of no. So, so our overseas sites are still on eight meg uh, MPLS connections, but then we've also mm -hmm. added in uh, anywhere from a hundred to 300 internet. Links. So mm -hmm. coax, either, either coax or fiber. So now they have the secondary link, the internet link there as well. So what kind of outcomes are you like, what's the sort of before and after picture now that you've got, the internet option and how is that impacting performance and so on? I mean, in so many different locations or in so many different ways that that's impacted our, our, our production where, you know, number one, we've got the redundancy. We've got uh, another provider. We have another uh, egress point into the building, you know, so, so we're running down fiber through one provider and we're running down coax through another mm. provider. Um, so just the redundancy right there. And then also, you know, Silver Peak allows us to offload, local SaaS traffic. So if we want to send O365 traffic or Teams, mm. Skype, you know, anything that we want to just offload there locally and not backhaul to our data center, it's very simple configuration to just offload that locally to the internet. And mm. before that, mm. you would have to backhaul that traffic from, say, Taiwan or Asia to the U.S.? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, for sure, yes. <laughs> our, our Taiwan, Singapore, Israel, those were all coming back to the U.S. And, and we started to, um, you know, 
play around with deploying a few more firewalls. So we kind of put some firewalls globally to, uh, you know, help offload that traffic from our data center, mm. which, you know, mm. helps significantly. But then just beyond that, the, the Silver Peaks added even even better connectivity for our sites. So do you think you'll keep those MPLS circuits going forward or are you going to consider just using internet or, as I call it, public WAN? I've, I've been thinking about that. So there is one site that we do have two public WANs or two internet links at, and they have actually told us that of, of our in-house application, it runs the best there. And we've even had you know, employees travel from the U.S. to that location and have said, I, I can't believe how, how great that application works there compared to any other site. Mm-hmm. And we've never had a ticket or a call regarding voice, video, anything coming from that site. So truthfully, yes, I, I am considering getting rid of that MPLS <laughs> and, and lowering that cost. I mean, the, the, you know, the difference is crazy. It's, you know, yeah, yeah, it's it's thousands or tens of thousands at a time, especially for right. those international circuits. Right. Take right. a tip: don't just get one more; get two more. Or right. Three. Yeah. Uh, no, for because sure. Because if you're if you're going to save that much money, don't give it back to the accounting department who'll just do some. You know, they'll do something silly with it, like give it to salespeople or whatever. Make sure you spend it up. That's Buy four very times good, as yeah. much bandwidth. Or yeah, something. that's very good. Um, you sort of hinted there, but the the quality of the end user experience must have gone through the roof and i see you're using ip telephony i can't imagine how bad ip telephony would have been on an eight meg mpls it wasn't too bad and really not noticeable as as you would think you know mostly it was only for in-house calling or if you know mm. the u.s called taiwan we could at least route it over the mpls prior to, yeah, dumping out to a local pre-ri mm. right mm. so mm. i mean it, it wasn't too bad but it's it's definitely uh it's definitely helped out with quality through any voice video application that we use and are you noticing that just through your own metrics? Or are you also seeing like a drop in the number of tickets coming in and or user complaints, that kind of thing? Oh, it's complaints. Yeah, a lot less complaints. <laughs> a lot less calls in the middle of the night, a lot less complaints for, for any voice issues. Oh, so that's that's the uh, quality of life question. If I go home at five o'clock, do you, do you, does anybody notice? Right. And uh, the success factor there is if no, nobody notices. That's right. A, so that's a SD WAN approves that, that, that style of business. Is that right? Yes, yes, for sure. <laughs> so we know there's a lot of choices out there for SD-WAN vendors. Uh, how many companies did you have on your shortlist when you were first making this decision? I think we had three or four uh, you know, that we spoke with, and then two that we actually uh, did a POC with. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then what made you decide on Silver Peak? Okay, so initially we did not decide on Silver Peak. We went with Cisco and their IWAN product, um, you know, just basically my familiarity over the name and then, you know, also their name in the business. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we went with them and, and I mean, I don't know how long you want this answer to be, but. uh. (laughs) I think, I think what we can say is that Cisco's first pass at SD-WAN with, with the IWAN technology suite is fairly uh, legendary, shall we say, yeah. as to just how difficult it was yeah. and how it it just really was never going, never worked for anybody who who went forward with it. Unfortunately, yeah, no, for sure, it was a two and a half year uh, deployment that you know. Oh, wow. So you imagine lasting two and a half years for only twenty one sites. Uh, it's just a ridiculous amount of time was spent in troubleshooting that that product, and mm. and ultimately we just pulled the plug. Yeah, and so you came back to Silver Peak, which you'd had during the POC, but. You, you, that made sense because you'd evaluated it and then you'd return to them and then work the first time. Right. Yep. For sure. It worked. It worked the first time, and there really wasn't anything, you know, wrong with Silver Peak as to why we chose Cisco. It really 
you know, boiled down to a name. And then we, you know, we did another POC with Silver Peak again after that two and a half years and just the improvements in two and a half years, uh, you know, just all their engineering and all their hours that they've spent into improving the product just made a huge difference. And then it was just an easy decision after that. So if it took you two and a half years to roll out 21 sites with Cisco, what was your experience like with Silver Peak? I think I did it in five weeks. And that was me physically traveling to every site. And I didn't necessarily have to travel to every site. It was just we were really gun shy about deploying mm-hmm. a brand new product, you know, yeah. after two and a half years with Cisco. So we just decided that, you know, let's just send me to each site. And wow. and uh yeah. trying to make that a long story short, we went we went from deployments taking, you know, my first deployment took 30 minutes to 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 get it installed and set up and configured. Mm-hmm. And that was with uh Silver Peak Engineer walking me through. By the time I got to the end, uh, I was doing it myself. Actually, after the first, I think, two or three deployments, I started doing it myself. I didn't need any help or have to place any calls with Silver Peak. We were down to our last site at like a 30-second outage while I switched over the cables. That's it. That's that's, I mean, that's it. a really good story. And compared to, you know, configuring, getting IWAN configured and set up, it would have taken you each 18 hours. Taken, 18 hours was yeah. my first deployment. That was, It took 18 yeah. hours for my first deployment with Cisco. And that's even with all the proc and the test up and the setting yep. and setting up and working it all out and knowing yep. what you were going to do. It's still, yeah. And yep. This is the, the absolute gap between, and of course, Cisco's realized this, and that's why they moved from IWAN to something else. Right. But, yeah. you know, that is the SD-WAN difference. I, I think that really highlights, and this is something I've said a lot, is that the gap between SD-WAN and what we did before is just so vast. The whole idea of routers and doing everything in a some you know artisanal command line and to using an SD controller to do a lot of the heavy lifting for you of the simple work of the you know the the CLI just changes everything. Yep, yep, for sure. Uh, and speaking of routers, are you still running routers at each site alongside the SD-WAN appliance? No, no. We I mean there's one location but that's just because the uh the termination is an E1, and, and we just uh, mm-hmm. we don't have an E1. You know, we don't have that into the Silver Peak yet. Um, okay. So yeah, we have to have a router terminate that line, and then. But we're moving over. Uh, currently, we've got a new link ordered where we'll be able to get that one router out, and then that's the last one. Okay, so that's 21 devices now out of your hands. Things you don't have to worry about, manage, upgrade, etc. Yep. Uh, and what about things like WAN optimization? I know Silver Peak has like a, a sort of add-on package where you can also do WAN op. Uh, on top of the SD-WAN. Yeah, definitely. So we run that too. And, you know, it helps greatly with our in-house application. We're getting up to you know, 90%, 96% of the traffic not having to go over the WAN, uh, you know, to transmit to the end user just because of the optimization. The Silver Peak stores that information locally and serves it up to the end user. And, you know, so that's that's additional bandwidth. That's just not, not getting tied up with, uh, you know, the same picture being displayed on a website over and over and over again, you know, when there's 100 employees using a web browser to access the application, that's all that information never has to go over the WAN and chew up our bandwidth again. Well, that's about all the time we have. But James, thank you for joining us. Uh, That was a really good conversation. And thanks to Silver Peak for being a sponsor. You can find this and many more fine, free technical podcasts along with our community blog. That's all at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at packetpushers. Find us on LinkedIn, like us on Facebook, and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.